You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy everyone and welcome to the sixth episode of the 2019 Dragon Con Con Report. There are less than 50 shopping days until Dragon Con. <sighs> I know, it's, 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 it's almost upon us, man. This is the second to last show that we're doing before uh before the event it just it's gone by so fast i am uh, so not ready for it <laughs> me either man but but you know we've got a good show here that i think is going to help people sort of adjust and prepare uh i'm your host mike gordon and i'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew which for this episode includes director mike faber every episode <laughs> includes mike faber that's Come on. not true that's no, not true i've missed one <laughs> <laughs> one in all the years we've done this i've missed one and you hold it against me well you know you, you are the per- you are the perfect boss jesus <laughs> exactly exactly and mike and i are the only members actually here on the station uh just because we've let um well darren and mary are our crunch time they're they're working on their cosplay their costumes so uh we'll catch up with them in august like we do uh with everybody but uh we are uh going to have our second annual tradition now of a roundtable discussion between some of the track directors some of the people that bring you great programming at dragon con and we've got track directors from the animation track brit track the digital media track that's a new thing well it's it's an old track with a new name uh the skeptics track and the puppetry track so uh it's going to be really fun to talk about all of those it's just a really great sampling of how diverse dragon con is and yet there's so many connections between all of those tracks which you'll find out in in the segment uh so we're going to talk all about that it's going to be a blast and uh we also have with us uh michael faulkner and kevin batchelder with a new newbies segment so uh you'll want to listen to that as well with some critical information for those people who are new to dragon con and even if you're not it's a it's it's helpful it's always good to hear helpful advice we are a proud member of the ESO Network here. Be sure to check out the Amazon link at the top of the ESOnetwork.com site. It doesn't cost you any more to purchase your stuff, and it really does help us out a lot. Uh, we also have a Tee Public store filled with all kinds of cool designs. There's a link for that at the on the ESO Network page as well. Including, and- including Mike, there is a DragonCon Report logo t-shirt. Oh yes, I almost forgot. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, we do. Ha- we now have a Dragon Con Con Report uh, design that you can get on a T-shirt and various other merchandise at T Public. So, uh, yeah, just it can get there just in time for Dragon Con. So uh, check that out. It's designed by it's Mary, right? She's designed that, right? No, I did. Did you? I did. Okay, so it's designed by our very own Mike Faber. Thank you, Mike Faber, for that. 
She's not the only talent in the family. Come on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, check it out um, and make a purchase. And if we see you with the shirt during the convention, you'll get something special. Just gonna. So you're, you're going back on the offer you made last month on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on where we are. Will we buy? If we're in a position where we can buy you a drink, maybe. Could we give you a, a, a sip of pie? Maybe. Can we give you a hug? Sure. You know? So it depends on where we are. Yeah. If you're in the sky bridge, we're not going to be buying you a drink right there. And if you're in the next stall, it's not going to work very well. So, um, I don't want to know how, you know, the person in the next stall is wearing a t-shirt. It's That's dragon. all I know. I don't dragon. want to know. Uh, so anyway, in addition to the public store, uh, uh, we also have, of course, our Patreon page and, and Mike, what is happening on the Patreon page right now? I am so glad you asked, Mike. Uh, on our Patreon page, right now, we have now four levels. That's right. We've talked about the new things we're coming to Patreon. And that's right. We now have a fourth level of support for the ESO network. So there's the dollar level, which is the entry level. And that's 25 cents a week. Not that much. And you get our appreciation. You get the $5 level. There's the $10 level. And now folks there's the grand 15 dollar level and we actually have gotten some folks there and you know for 15 dollars a month you who are going to be coming to dragon con can actually join us on a panel or you can actually at the meet and greet you know you can join us there as is everybody but as a special th- thank you for being a 15 dollar patron you can actually join us at the ESO dinner on Saturday night with various members of the ESO network and we would just, you know, chat and have fun and, you know, just our appreciation. It's pretty darn awesome. That's very awesome. And uh, we also uh, want to encourage folks uh, that uh, are, whether you're a patron or not, we, we definitely appreciate uh, all the support that you give us um, over the year uh, that is uh, the Dragon Con report. I mean, we spend a lot of time talking about Dragon Con and it's about upon us, um, but uh, we do appreciate it. We appreciate oh, all what we get. Very much. And as a patron, you also, no matter what level you guys are at, as a way of showing thank you, you get all our shows from Earth Station One, Earth Station Who, and the Dragon Con Con report 48 hours before the general public. So you get a preview of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very awesome. Um, and also, um, the other thing that we want to mention, too, is that uh, our next episode of the Dragon Con Report, the one that we record in August, will be the big episode where we get as many people, we want as many people to participate as possible. We get as many people together, and uh, we want you to be part of the show as well. We want to know what you're doing or what you're excited about for Dragon Con 2019. So you can send us an email. You can send us an audio comment, uh, an audio segment. You can uh, you can ask to you can ask us if you we can you know join you like you can we can record with you. So if you if you let us know ahead of time, we can work it in so we can actually record your segment uh, with you. Uh, but we just want to hear from all of you, as many people as possible, as to what you're excited about, whether it's a panel or a party 
or uh, you're going to be at Artist Alley, you want to promote yourself, you want to promote your friends, whatever you, whatever excites you about 2019 Dragon Con, we want to hear about it. So please uh, write to us at DragonConReport at ESONetwork.com. We will play and read off and 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 display as many as possible. So um, so get them in. You'll have to get them in before August 7th. That's August 7th uh, in order to be included in the show. Uh, so uh, feel free to reach out to us. DragonConReport at ESONetwork.com. Now we're going to the news of what's been happening since the last time we recorded. And man, there's been a lot. In fact, we've a full disclosure. We recorded a little bit of the news a couple of weeks ago, but that's already been out of date. So before this goes live, we're going to talk about uh, some things that have recently happened, including and starting with the Sheridan. Uh, for those people who don't know uh, the Sheridan Atlanta, there were six cases of uh, Legionnaire's disease um, found um, at the Sheridan, uh, which is in downtown Atlanta, one of the host hotels. And that hotel has now closed while they try to figure out uh, where the origin from that disease comes from. Uh, Six guests have been sickened with it. Um, no new cases have been reported since then. And that was a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago. Uh, there are also, it's important to note, there are no reported deaths related to this outbreak, uh, according to the Georgia department of health. Um, the Sheridan shut down voluntarily as tests are done to determine, uh, if the bacteria is present. Um, you know, uh, I, I'd say, you know, I don't want to go into a huge description of what, you know, uh, Legionnaire's disease is, but it's, uh, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. And it's not, it's caused by basically like it's a bacteria that's usually found naturally in like lakes and streams. Uh, it should not be found in buildings and residences. That's for sure. So, um, so yes, uh, the board of health is, uh, looking into it. The, uh, the hotel's going through, uh, all sorts of tests, and uh, the hotel will be closed till at least August 11th. Now, it may remain closed for longer, depending on the test results and whether or not uh, they're able to resolve uh, those, those test results and, and to resolve the situation. So a lot of people, of course, have rooms at the, at the uh, Sheridan. Um, um, Dragon Con has been talking to the Sheridan about it. The people at DragonCon, they've been talking back and forth. So DragonCon is aware of the situation. There are contingency plans in place in case the Sheridan announces that they're not going to be open during DragonCon. What those contingency plans are is between DragonCon and the Sheridan right now. There's been a lot of speculation. Don't believe any of it. There's a lot of misinformation being thrown out there. Don't believe any of it until you see the official announcements uh, you know, there, there, there's nothing set in stone. However, if you are staying, are scheduled to stay at the Sheridan, it's, it's really, you're really encouraged. If you need answers, you can contact the Sheridan and, uh, the folks there can help you out. If you need to, uh, if you want to try to find other accommodations right now, um, you can call uh, Marriott, which is a parent company of Sheridan, and they can help you try to find something else in the area. 
Um, if you want to just wait it out and to see what happens after August 11th, uh, do so. That'll be before our next scheduled episode that we're going to record. So, um, uh, you know, by the time we next record, hopefully we'll have, we'll know what the situation is uh, for sure. And, uh, but keep, uh, keep tabs of it. I mean, this is going to affect not just the people who are staying at the Sheridan, but the Sheridan hosts uh, the registration area. The Sheridan has at least two tracks. I think three. I think it's three. And there's other events that happen there too. Yeah. They have uh, events in the ballrooms up there too. Yeah. So, so so this is a major, major effect. Uh, Like this is going to affect the, the con in a major way. If they can't, if that, if that hotel cannot be open. Oh no. But you also hear, you know, there's 700 rooms in that hotel and that's a lot of people who are going to be to play for the con. It's true. So, so um, it's not, there's no need to panic as of yet. But I would say there's a lot of reason to be concerned, especially if you're staying at the Sheridan. Um, so, so just um, you know, and we're not going to we're not going to be fear mongers. We are not going to make no, 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 no. It's going to work out. Like you know, it, there may be a lot of inconvenience at place, but this is all done for your safety. I mean, nobody wants to go in and and, and be infected with this bacteria. Oh hell no, hell it, no. It's not deadly. In and of itself, but yes, it can lead to complications, and yeah, you don't, you, it's not something you want. So, uh, so yeah, it is a big deal, and everything, like I said, it's all being done for your safety, and it is what it is, right? So we now have to make the best of it. And if the Sheridan's open, yay, we can go on business as usual. If it's not, then we'll just all have to deal with it and and move on, and and hopefully, you know, still be able to enjoy the. This will be the convention that, you know, that, uh, that <laughs> we had to stay elsewhere, you know? Um, so yeah, like I said, if you have major questions that, uh, you need, uh, address now, or you want to relocate already, you don't want to take the chance, then contact the Sheridan, contact Marriott company, and, and they will try to see what they can do for you right now. So, um, and as we hear more information, we'll definitely pass it on to you, uh, through our uh, Facebook page as well. Uh, I'm sure that DragonCon will be one of the first places you can go to uh, to learn information about how they're handling it. Once something officially official is announced, yeah, uh, you can bet that all of uh, DragonCon social media will be there as well. So, so I think that pretty much covers the Sheridan uh, and what's going on there. It's a big deal and it's an unfortunate deal, but uh, there's something else going on with some of the other, well, including. Uh, the Sheridan as well. Some of the other hotels have recently banded together. I understand Mike. Oh yeah. Uh, This just actually became official earlier today. Uh, The rumor had been going around for a few weeks now that, you know, Atlanta has, as most big cities do an issue with the homeless and the three main hotels of Dragon Con the Hilton, the Hyatt, and the Marriott have all together uh, sent a letter to the mayor of Atlanta, and it became official to the public today that basically they are, you know, concerned with the amount of homeless and vagrants 
that are surrounding their hotels and generally downtown Atlanta because of the closing of various shelters that were down there and also of public options where people could stay and such. The, you know, people had to go somewhere. And so they are migrating downtown Atlanta and they're complaining of their guests being accosted. So there's ways around that, you know, you know, some people don't leave the hotels at all during Dragon Con, but we're not saying don't because there's some great businesses outside, you know, the three hotels, but also to get to the America's Mart, you have to go outside to walk down the street and it's just be prepared for, you know, people, you know, people might come up and try to ask for money or ask for, you know, some people have been harassed by the homeless or some people have been harassed by, you know, or worse people have, you know, seen indecent acts and such. And you just don't go out by yourself, walk with a group of people. So it just makes it a lot easier because it's not going to disappear overnight. And it's definitely not going to disappear by dragon con. And, you know, just you're for your safety, just be able to, you know, have people around you who, you know, you're friends with or you see a group of cosplayers or a group of people and they're heading over to the America's Mart. Walk with them, you know, so you're just not on your own. That way you don't have, you have a lesser chance to have any issues. And, you know, it's just safety in numbers, as they like to say. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I'm sure the newbies next month will talk a little bit about that also, because, you know, if you're coming to Dragon Con, we don't want you to be scared to come to Atlanta. It's a great, great city. We love the city. We live here year round. And, you know, it's it's just an issue in all big cities right now. And you know, I'm not getting political or anything, and we're not going to here on the show. So it's just, you know, things are not you know, they, these people just don't have anywhere to go. So they're just mulling and hanging out around these big buildings where a lot of people are. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is a, uh, it is an issue and it is a frequent, um, you know, not an unusual issue for uh, major metropolitan areas. So, um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, um, you know, the city, the mayor in the city uh, actually tries to do something uh, to help the homeless find a spot uh, so that uh, they, they are not all over the city and, uh, and, and being, you know, I mean, I hate to say like a nuisance, but you know, like they need to be taken care of. Uh, exactly. In a proper way and in a place that, you know, they're comfortable in that's safe. Uh, and it's so, not the, it's not the hotels. It's the hotel's responsibility to keep their guests safe yeah but it's not their responsibility to try to find housing for these people no 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 as we just discussed they're having trouble having finding housing for everybody like as it is Um, exactly so um all right so those are that's the hotel information and we'll keep you posted as much as we can on a lot of that stuff uh you know as we get closer to the convention on our next episode so i i'm sure there's going to be more uh, as it develops with that so on both topics actually absolutely absolutely so but there is some good stuff uh to report uh the progress report 
is out. Most people probably already have it in their hands. Uh, certainly, if you registered, you should have gotten one mailed to you. Uh, also, if you're in the Atlanta area, there's many places where you can pick one up. Uh, the DragonCon progress report is the first report that we get. It's like it's not quite a program, but it's 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 actually a nice hard copy, something that you can hold in your hand that tells you some of the the, the news, the announcements as far as guest announcements and some other items as well. And it just looks badass. I mean, they get the, the front cover that they have of the, um, uh, the, the Marriott carpet Stormtrooper uh, is, is just uh, really cool. And it could be a really cool poster in and of itself. So uh, they're just sending you artwork people, uh, but there's it's a pretty awesome. And I always like seeing the progress report too, because usually my name's in it because I'm a guest. And it's always well, fun. exactly. And it's actually the one, <laughs> the one time in my life, the last year was when I was in front of Nathan Fillion. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So yeah, we're putting, uh, we're, we're sort of uh, brushing with uh, greatness there. Um, but uh, two items in particular that I wanted to bring to people's attention about uh, that are in the progress report. One is that it does state in the progress report that due to capacity issues, the bridges between America's Mart buildings one and two will be closed for the duration of the con. To access either building, you need to enter through the main entrances outside. Oh. You will not be able to... Uh, board the bridges between America's Mart buildings one and two. So the shortcuts that you're that people are taking from the gamers area over to America's Mart uh, to the exhibitor area to the comic area not going to be able to. Uh, they're just trying to control uh, the flow of people going in and out. Uh, obviously, on Saturday that's a big issue because Saturday usually at some point they have to stop uh, letting people in because of the fire marshal. So. Uh, this is just one way they can control that area better um, and make things more secure for people, make things safer for people. The more uh, entry levels there are, it's harder to control people coming in and out of these areas. And if somebody slips by with uh, ill intentions, very, very difficult to, to you don't want that to happen. So that's going to be bad for everybody. So they've made the decision to to close that. And there will be panels uh, in the America's Mart, um, uh, where the, where the comic area is. So the comic panels are still going to be in, um, in America's Mart. Those are the only panels that I think take place in, uh, that building. So most of the other programming right now is, is in all the other hotels. So, um, so if you're coming to the Tiki panel on Saturday, uh, be prepared. Like you should come early just so you know, you can get in the building. So um, that's a that's a concern. So that also um, includes for moderators and guests and stuff. Yes, absolutely, yes, yes, we suffer from that too. So so yeah, there's a that's an important note too. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Kevin, uh, a listener uh, who brought that to my attention about the sky bridges. So uh, thanks, Kevin. Uh, I appreciate that because I I missed that when I looked at the progress report in the original uh, draft of it. So it is there though, um, and uh, and yeah, so I have got that confirmed as well. So with other people, um, the other thing I wanted to uh, bring to someone's uh, people's attention that was in the progress report is that um, our very own friend of the station, friend of the show, friend of the DragonCon convention, DJ Spider, will be once again uh, spinning 
for the Dragon Con Video Gaming Tracks Heroes and Villains Ball. Yes, uh, it is described as the biggest and baddest party at Dragon Con. Congrats, uh, Spider. Yay. Um, DJ Spider will be spinning to the wee hours, it says, and that will be held, I believe that's on Saturday, at starting at 10 p.m. at the Weston Peachtree Ballroom. So if you've never heard uh, Spider do her thing, uh, I definitely encourage you to check out, go, go over to the Weston, uh, check out the, the, the moves and the grooves because uh, she'll be laying them down. Did I sound cool? I probably don't sound cool. No, you don't sound cool. Sorry. No, I'm not as, not as cool as her. So, uh, but yes, uh, so I'm happy to see a report that she will be back and doing her thing. And she'll probably be in, in some sort of costume too, I would imagine, because that's her thing too. So, um, also, there, uh, there was uh, last weekend the last meeting of directors and volunteers for uh for this year uh this is the last official meeting that they had for uh you know to to inform volunteers and track directors to get together and all that um now that does not mean that the the, there's no longer opportunities to volunteer that volunteer opportunities are closed for the convention because that is hardly the case in fact uh a lot of departments tracks need volunteers. Uh, there's uh, a lot of them, and it's you know obviously it depends on what your skill set is. Uh, but I do know that they are uh, looking to um, have volunteers for uh, the. I know the LARP area needs a few people. Uh, the video game area needs people. Um, there needs to be, um, I think, uh, some of the IT services has some slots available, but they, that does require some IT service. You have to kind of know what you're doing. Um, there, um, some of the track directors need, still need people, uh, I think costuming, uh, sci-fi media track, uh, comics programming needs a couple people. So there's still opportunities for you to volunteer it's a cheap way to see the con and uh, participate in it and make friends. And from what I understand, it doesn't require, like you're not busy. You don't have to be busy for the entire show. There's still plenty of time for you to go out and, you know, have a, have a good time, but they're just, you'll just have to have a little bit of responsibility as well. So, uh, so they are looking for volunteers. So just go to uh, dragoncon.org to find out more information about that on how you can apply to be a volunteer. Speaking of which, you can go to the brand newly designed dragoncon.org because yes, the dragoncon webpage has a facelift and I think it's much easier to navigate now. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Do you think aesthetically it looks pleasing to you? Well, since that's my real life profession, I could actually say it looks great. <laughs> I think they did a great job at redesigning it, modernizing it, cleaning it up. And, you know, it used to be very muddy to get through the Dragon Con website, trying to figure out where information was. It's right there at your fingertips. It's really nice. And it, you know, it's going to be great for people first coming to the con or it's good for veterans, you know, to just find information real quickly that they need to get to. So, you know, 
it doesn't get much better than that. And bravo for Dragon Con for taking the time to do this. Yeah, the uh, the only um, last thing that I want to mention as far as news goes is that I think for the very first time, day of memberships will be able to be picked up on site, meaning that you can actually come to the con, get in line, buy a membership for that day on your phone, and just move over to the prepaid line and pick up the badge you just ordered. Like, wow, that's how fast and efficient that they're claiming that membership and registration is going to be. So, so you could try to put that to the test, but if you're thinking of just going there for one day, uh, that should move pretty fast and you can just purchase the membership on your phone, uh, with your smartphone and pick it up right there. Like that's, that's pretty amazing. Considering like the back in the days when we used to have to wait four or five hours in line to register and pick up our passes. Dude, do you remember the lines that went three times around the Sheraton? <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Oh, wow. So yes. So that's, uh, that's a definite improvement. So as if you can, so, uh, so that is really it for news it, with the exception, of course, as always, guest announcements and there are a ton of guest announcements now since uh mary is not here i am going to take a crack at it with uh with mike so without further ado here is a sampling of the new guest announcements that have been made since the last time we recorded uh, an episode of course and as we always like to say here on the dragon con con report that you know for full listing and up-to-date listing always go to the website. We try to get as many people in this list as possible, but, you know, this is only a sampling. And, you know, definitely, you know, check out who your favorite people are and such. And, you know, as we also like to warn people, we will mispronounce names. So take a shot for every time you don't or do. And just know that uh, the Dragon Con report and the ESO network is not responsible for any dangerous uh, dangers that occur to you as a result of overdrinking. Okay, Mikey, you ready to start the list? I am. Are you wearing your Yeoman Rand wig to you know match up with uh, Mary? <laughs> I am. How did you know? video conferencing it's always great it kind of itches so um but it's you know <laughs> that's what mary says also so it's okay <laughs> all right so i will start with the atlanta radio theater company artc has been performing original audio drama since 1984 specializing in science fiction horror and fantasy but branching out into other genres as well Atlanta Radio Theater Company brings audiences throughout the Southeast region an audio experience specifically designed to immerse the listener in the performance. And they will be performing a live radio theater at, uh, at the con. Excellent. 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 A lot of fun, too. Catherine Tate is a actor and writer and is well-known in the UK and internationally for a diversity of work in television, film, and on stage, in particular for the award-winning The Catherine Tate Show and her roles on Doctor Who and The Office. Melissa Simpson is the executive director of the nonprofit Film Impact Georgia. She has also worked for multiple film festivals and is actively involved in the Atlanta film community. Aaron Siegel is a producer and sound mixer whose work includes The Unwanted, Implanted, Thor Ragnarok, Black Lightning, 
Walking Dead, Vampire Diaries, and many more. Ethan Peck is best known for his roles in the movies The Sorcerer's Apprentice and In Time, and the series 10 Things I Hate About You and Star Trek Discovery. In addition, Peck has lent his voice to Halo 4, Halo 5, Guardians, and Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy 13. Aha! George Perez is an illustrator and writer of comics. Along with John Byrne, he was arguably the most popular and influential artist in American comic books in the 1980s. He primarily illustrates superhero comics and is known for his clean, dynamic, yet ornate style. Also known for being a hell of a nice guy. Yes, One of he, the best. He is the best friend you haven't met yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Annalise Ophelian is an award-winning documentary filmmaker and clinical psychologist. She's the creator of the upcoming documentary, Looking for Leia, about women and non-binary stars. Anson Mount is known for his television roles as a fictional character, Colin Bonin, in the AMC Western drama series, Hell on Wheels. Jim Steele on the short-lived NBC series, Conviction, the Marvel comic superhero, Black Bolt in Marvel's Inhumans, and Captain Christopher Pike in Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. Kenya Morgan is a film and television costumer whose career began with her education at the Georgia Film Academy. Since then, she's worked on Annabelle 3 and Stranger Things. Cartoon Network's widely popular adult swim block was built on the cult hit Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which ran for a decade with legions of fans responsible for its success. George Lowe is the ad-libbing madman behind Space Ghost. Shazad Latif, captivating and immensely talented actor. Shazad, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Shazad Latif can most drink rec- up, folks. I know, right? <laughs> can most recently be seen in the CBS series The Star Trek Discovery. Additional recent credits include Penny Dreadful and The Man Who Knew Infinity and the Second Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. For three decades, Robert Kurtzman has been an iconic in the world of special makeup, creature effects, and genre filmmaking. His award-winning photorealistic effects can be seen in hundreds of movies, including Hollywood's biggest blockbusters, franchises, and television series. That's pretty cool. Daryl C. Hazelrig is an award-winning filmmaker. He's a founding member of the New Puppet Order, a mature and experimental puppet film collective that has screened at film festivals. All right, get ready to drink, folks. Francesco Francavilla is known for his moody pulp brushwork and brilliant colors. He has lent his artistic talents to covers for well-known comic titles Hellboy, Zorro, and many others. He is currently the series artist on Marvel's Black Panther, DC's Detective Comics, and upcoming Swamp Thing series. He is also an amazing, amazing, cool, cool guy. Friendly. Yeah, meet him. Seek him out in Artist Alley. Um, Emily Coates co-stars on Star Trek Discovery as Kayla Detmer, helmsman of the USS Shen... Boy, this one is just brutalizing me. <laughs> Uh, the Canadian redhead previously appeared in such films and television shows as Transporter, the series, Barn Wedding, Crimson Peak, The Girlfriend Experience, Dark Matter, Murdoch Mysteries, and Goliath. Taylor May Lee is best known for to anime fans 
gaming fans as Makado Najami slash Queen in Persona 5, Lucy Harfila in Fairy Tale, Asuna in Sword Arts Online, A2 near in Automata, uh, Gage in Borderlands 2, Sarda in Baruto, and the iconic Sailor Venus in Sailor Moon. She has also been featured on television film, including Fast Food Nation. I think between those last two entries, there's nobody left that's sober that's listening to this. Oh, show. hell no. Hell no. And to the actress, I do apologize. Yes, we do apologize to all the folks listening that uh, we certainly do not mean any disrespect by our name butchery. No, no, it's just, it's not personal. It's just us. <laughs> it's just us. Uh, Malcolm Goodwin, who hails from Brooklyn, New York, has had roles in various films and TV shows, such as American Gangster, Detroit 187, Leatherheads, The Long Shots, Mississippi Damned, Breakout Kings, and Crazy on the Outside. He is best known for playing Clive Babineau on iZombie. Caitlin Glass is an American voice actor and director working on anime and video games since 2004. Notable roles include Winry in Full Metal Alchemist, Harui in Adoran High School Host Club, and Kami in Street Fighter number four and five. She currently portrays Mina Ashido in My Hero Academia and Vados in Dragon Ball Super. David Anders is a American television and stage actor. He is best known for his roles as Julian Sark on Alias. That's where I know him from. As Adam Monroe on Heroes and has also appeared on The Vampire Diaries, Once Upon a Time, Warehouse 13, and more. He can currently be seen on iZombie. Felt Nerdy is an Atlanta-based husband and wife performance team of Veronica Dashel and Charles Kelso. Together, they produce a unique blend of family-friendly entertainment and nerdy pop culture comedy. And they are also awesome people. They are very awesome people. If you can catch their show, catch it. It's really great. And it's, it's, it really is fun for the whole family. Brian Holloway is a professional actor, director, costumer, makeup artist with credits that include touring companies for musical theater and makeup supervision for the fan series Star Trek The New Voyages Phase 2. Yaya Han is a celebrated cosplayer and designer in the fandom community. Her licensed McCall patterns, cosplay fabric, and trim collections, as well as Eva Foam at Joanne Fabric Stores, have given cosplayers worldwide better access to key materials and opening the sewing crafting industry to cosplay market. John Botel co-hosts and produces 50 Days of Dragon Con. He can also be found on Need Coffee's Weekend Justice and The Unique Geek. And he's the competition. No. <laughs> Friendly competition. Of course, of course, of course. Bean and Bear are performers of puppetry, magic, and other bizarre stuff. They are awesome. Yes, they are. You have to catch them, too. Not that the people that we don't mention, that you shouldn't catch them, too, but we all have personal experience with ones. Yeah, these are people we know. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, Robert Aesop has worked professionally in costume and film theater for TV for over 30 years. He is perhaps best known for his work on Doctor Who and various Ridley Scott projects. Other movie work has been featured in the Bond films Spectre, Dread, 
and Spider-Man. So basically, people have to just be nice to us and say hi to us at the con. And we'll, when we see your name up here, we'll say, great people, great people. Absolutely. You know, we'll take a little, you know. A little pie? A little pie. Yeah, exactly. Steve Adji is an actor, writer, comedian, best known for his roles on Comedy Central's The Sarah Silverman Program and Fox's New Girl, and a recurring character on Superstore. And you're the worst. Most recently, Aggie can be seen in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. All right, get ready. Okay, we're all thinking it. Oh, my. Oh, my. George Takei, with an acting career spanning six decades. Takei, best known, of course, for his portrayal of, of Mr. Sulu in the acclaimed television series Star Trek, has more than 30 feature films and hundreds of television guest star roles to his credit. But everyone knows him for, oh, my. That's right. Hey, at least he's known. <laughs> oh, exactly. Not like us. You know, we're the ones who mess up text. No. That's what we're known for. Exactly. Shannon Purser burst into the scene with her scene-stealing fan-favorite role of Barb on the hit Netflix series Stranger Things. She has not stopped working since and has appeared in Riverdale, Life of the Party, Wish Upon, and as the lead singer... And Sierra Burgess is a loser. And she's a friend of Alex Autry, too. <laughs> Lana Perilla it was a regular cast member on the fifth season of the ABC sitcom Spin City from 2000 to 2001. She later starred in Boomtown, Good Show, Windfall, Swingtown, Miami Medical, and 24. Recently, she starred as the Evil Queen slash Regina Mills in the ABC fantasy drama Once Upon a Time. Rebecca Madler is an English actress best known for her role as Charlotte Lewis in ABC series Lost as Zelina, the Wicked Witch of the West on ABC's Once Upon a Time and for her appearance in The Devil Wears Prada, Fringe, 30 Rock, and much more. Jared Gilmore's career led to roles in both television and film, including Mad Men and Hawthorne. On the big screen, he started A Nanny for Christmas, The Backup Plan, Opposite Day, and Overnight. He is best known for the series, his role in the series Once Upon a Time as Henry. All right, everyone go as you wish. Because <laughs> Carrie Ells is best known for his role in The Princess Bride, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and Saw. Other notable films include Bram Stoker's Dracula, The Jungle Book, and Ella Enchanted. On TV, has appeared in The X-Files, Psych, and most recently, Stranger Things. Karen David is an actress, singer, and songwriter best known for portraying Princess Isabella Maria Lucia Isabetta of Valencia in Gallivant. Layla in The Scorpion King 2, Rise of the Warrior, Princess Jasmine in Once Upon a Time, Grace in Fear the Walking Dead, and in Legacies as Emma. Janet Varney is an actress and comedian best known for hosting TBS's Dinner in a Movie and is the voice of Cora in The Legend of Cora. Varney has performed in numerous riff track commentaries for films such as Footloose, Poltergeist, Ghost, Dirty Dancing, Jaws 3D, Flatliners, and The Lost Boys. Tallulah Love is an internationally recognized burlesque performer, producer, and educator. A teacher, part owner, and performer at the Atlanta School of Burlesque and the award-winning Candy Box Review. And another great Absolutely. person. Absolutely. Yes. Seek her yep. out. She will, she will make you feel things. A former member of the ESO Network. 
Symphony Sanders is an actress who voices Tamika Flynn in Welcome to Night Vale. Her first appearance was in the live show titled The Librarian, although this was not released publicly until after multiple other podcast appearances. Her first podcast appearance was in Old Oak Doors Part A. Creative strategist Alyssa A. Lewis is a primetime television Emmy-winning animator, most noted for her animation in over 75 episodes and promos of FX's Emmy-winning series, Archer. Bill Corbett is a former writer and performer in Mystery Science Theater 3000 on the Sci-Fi Channel and previously on Comedy Central. He provided the second incarnation of the robot crow and the other strange characters, including the all-powerful but clueless alien, the Observer, a.k.a. Brain Guy. And last but certainly not least, Karen Ashley's diverse talents in acting and dancing redefined the yellow Power Ranger character and made her character's name, Aisha, an overnight household name when she joined the show in 1994. She will be appearing at the J&J Collectibles booth at DragonCon 2019. And, and there we did it. <sighs> All right. So that is, uh, and like Mike said, um, that's just a sampling. So be sure to go to DragonCon's official site. Check out the guest list. There's so many, many guests. There first, really cool to uh, find out all the guests. So that took a lot out of me. That took a lot out of Mike. So we are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking to some track directors. Everyone these days could use a little support. And your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. Welcome back, everyone. And now it's time for our roundtable with track directors. And this year we have with us uh, returning, it's been way too long, Carol, from the Brit track. She is back on the station. Hi. <laughs> Howdy. How you been? Wonderful. Stress. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> uh, we've also got Bo Brown from the puppetry track. Greetings. And we've got Charles from the newly named Digital Media Track. Is that correct? Because it was known as the Podcasting Track, right? That is correct. It was known as the Podcasting Track this year. Is, is And going forward, it'll be Digital Media. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I know it's crazy with uh, the limited time that we've got before Dragon Con. So I appreciate the time that you guys are devoting to this. But uh, let's get started. For those people who are not familiar with you and your tracks, uh, we'll start with you, Carol, as far as uh, just tell us um, like how long you've been doing the track how about, and what your track's about. Um, I've been volunteering on the track for 18 years. And this year is officially my 15th year as track director. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And um, our track is called The Brit Track, and we cover all pop culture um, media as, that includes music, television, um, film, culture that comes out of the United Kingdom. So not just um, Great Britain, but also the, the uh, other countries that are within it. And we run the gamut in programming. It's It's... Lots of fun stuff from panel discussions to game shows to late night hilarity. It's, it's a lot. 
Yes, and uh, having participated in many of those panels, I, I've had a lot of fun in your room. Thank you. So, uh, and and Bo, how long have uh, you been part of the puppetry track? Since the inception, right? Yes, there has been no puppetry track without Bo Brown. Um, <laughs> I want to I want to say we're at like year seven. Sounds right, seven or eight. Okay, something like that. Awesome, and. And of course, yours, your, you handle all things puppetry. All things puppetry related. Um, yeah, anything that has puppets in it. Uh, we do, obviously, lots of cross-track stuff because there are puppets in Star Wars. There are puppets in, in Doctor Who. There are puppets in, in stop-motion animation, which le- leads into the animation track. So, um, Because before there were computer graphics, there were puppets. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I still, I still love puppets. So, um, you are still right, <laughs> Charles. What about you? What, uh, what's your history with uh, the track that you're uh, part of, as well as uh, tell us a little bit about the the new structure behind the digital media track. So, uh, it's called podcasting track uh, for ten years. I want to say it's been around. It was birthed out of the skeptic track, and I think I started coming. Oh, man, I don't remember. Uh, it's been about five or six years since I've been coming to Dragon Con. Stopped volunteering a couple years ago. Uh, was a shadow director two years ago. Was the official director last year for the first time. And uh, I decided that we needed to move after consulting with people and thinking about it for a while. I've been podcasting since 2004. Um, I felt like with everything going on with YouTube and Twitch and and who knows what's next, right? And everybody and their brother has a podcast. We need to expand and not just be gatekeepers or, or too niche. And so uh, we, I petitioned DragonCon this year, and they agreed that we go digital. And we've got we've got sixty plus panels already planned. That's awesome. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's intimidating a little bit, actually. It does make a lot of sense. I mean, there's a, a, so many YouTube celebrities, Twitter celebrities, yeah. you know, that are just known for what they what they do on those social media platforms. Well, hey, man, yeah, we might want to we might want to cross from it a little bit. I got a I got a little action for you over here in the publisher track. Then, cool. This sounds like a a backroom drug deal going now. I got some action. For you. <laughs> Come on, hey, man. I've got I've got probably like the the greatest YouTube puppeteer lined up this year. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, cross promotion since you brought it up. Like, how often is it like really difficult to coordinate uh, promote? Like, you know, you because you've got uh, some some guests that uh, maybe are applied to different tracks. Like, how difficult it is to is it to cross promote and work with each other? Well, get uh, guests are outside of our control. Like, I know that we. Every year I get people like, wouldn't it be great if you had this person and then you use them for all the panels? And I'm like, that's not in my control. (laughs) My sphere of control, that is not in it. Um, There's a whole guest services committee and they um, negotiate the contracts. They sort out who's coming and they go through all of like the attending professionals as well as like the whole application process as well as you know, reaching out and, and negotiating all of that. And I have no idea how they do it. They are magical, magical people. Um, and I don't even like as a media um, director, I don't even know when the guests get, get announced. Everybody thinks I have like the inside, you know, <laughs> inside knowledge on 
the big name guests. And I'm like, no, I find out when you find out on Twitter, <laughs> just like everybody else. So for guest programming, that is done. Like they're assigned um, by the committee to like different panel rooms and slots and what they're doing and whatnot, um, as far as that's concerned. So, but, and then cross track promotion, it's a lot of backroom dealing, you know, and emailing and <laughs> phone calls and messages and all sorts of different things and um, saying, Hey, would you like to do this? Or, Hey, I see that you, you have this thing on your list of things that you do. Can I do that with you? So like, for example, um, we co-host with, um, they're now called the kids track. They were called the kaleidoscope track. Um, but the kids track does a doctor who panel where they have actual kids up there talking about doctor who and they're interviewed by, um, Davey Beauchamp and it's a really cool panel. And so we've been doing that the past like four years with them. And I just kind of poke Jill and I'm like, Hey, Hey Jill, let's do this again. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, tell me what time you're going to do it at. I'm like, she goes, okay. And she sends me the information and then she puts it in the database and then I put it in the database and then we might like do a flyer online or tweet it or put it on our media, you know, to announce it. So that's how I do it anyway. And that, uh, this is my first year collaborating. I'm actually doing some cross stuff with the game track, uh, the video game track. Uh, but it seems like when you do that, right, it's, 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 you just put it on your schedule and they put it on there. So it's listed as both, but it's hosted in one person's room, right? Correct. Like you have to be re- like, one of you has to be responsible for it unless it's a main room event. You know, like, for example, right, Farscape. Right. Like, Farscape falls under military sci-fi first, and then it falls under puppetry when, when, when like, the panel features the puppetry. So on the years that we've done Farscape stuff where, we like, Brian Henson was there, and it wasn't just the actors, we were, and we were talking about the puppetry, it was listed in military sci-fi and in puppetry. But basically, I built it and put all the, you know, the stuff in there. Sure. And then you just, all I do is I put it in the notes in the database, cross promo with military sci-fi and Regina puts it and it's listed in there. Right. That's, that's all you got to do. And if she well, doesn't I, think it's a good, you know, if she doesn't think it fits in that track, then she doesn't do it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying to look for, for the, the pros and, and whatnot that attend the digital media is, is get them, because they're they're people, right? They want to be on more stuff, get their their brands in front of more people, more more audience. So I'm trying to find a way to introduce them to other track directors. So this year, uh, what I've done, I've got a, an artist volunteering for me, and they're going to make collector cards for all the attending pros with with it's like a comic book cover and it has stats on it and this and that. <laughs> and the idea is they'll be able to bring them to you guys. If they, if they, like, say, if they have expertise in puppetry, they say, hey, I was an attending pro for digital media, and they'll hand you a card to hopefully help you remember them next year. Great That's idea. Cool. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, do we just got uh, someone else added to our roundtable? And I wanted to just pause for a moment to introduce Renee from the animation track. Hello. Hi, everybody. Sorry I'm late. Thank you for having me. Howdy, howdy. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, for those people listening, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the track that you're. Okay, so I am um, a huge animation and anime nerd. I love cartoons personally. Um, I'm a very casual cosplayer and a full time social media obsessed 
uh, geek. Um, and I, again, am the assistant director of animation track at Dragon Con. I try to also um, do panels or volunteer at other conventions um, around Atlanta, around the country, if I can do it. And um, yeah, animation track is the basically covers everything that is uh, hand drawn, moving, and not Japanese because that is the anime track, and it is a little bit different. Um, but if it is animated and comes from France, we will consider it for our track. If it is three dimensional modeled we will consider it for our track so um we kind of cover all that aspect yes we are cross-presenting all of our uh rank and bass stop motion animation panels this year yeah we have um i remember putting that on our schedule and uh, that's going to be really exciting we do occasionally do have some puppetry track uh items on our list so um yeah if it moves it's animated so uh that motion <laughs> falls into that lovely little middle ground between live puppetry and animation. Because yeah. it's physical. It exists in the real world, like puppets. But it is filmed frame by frame, like animation. Exactly. And it's not anime. So <laughs> um, that is I love not. anime track, too, actually. I really wish sometimes like we could have panels on certain things in our track. But it is very... Or even guests. We have a lot of cross... Um, guests who cross over and do English subs, um, but they, I'm sorry, English dubs, but they are mostly in an anime voice actor, um, but some people who will go back and forth. Um, and this year we have, um, I'm very thankful because we have very directly American animation voice actors like Kimberly Brooks and Josh Keaton. Um, so it's like, yes, they are ours. They are DreamWorks. Um, they are Netflix. So it's really exciting though, whenever we have any sort of guests and voice actors come through. Um, I heard you guys talking earlier about, yeah, sharing, um, guests and sharing certain, like crossing certain panels. And I just think that's really exciting. Um, I've been an assistant director for, uh, over this track for three years. So every year is a different learning experience. And as new content comes out, it's always cool to see like, okay, where does that fall under? Do I need to put that on my track or do I need to apply for a panel for someone else's track so I can talk about it and geek out. So it's always a really fun experience to help with this planning. Awesome. Well, we are very uh, happy that you could join us. Uh, and I know, uh, speaking of that, I know that, uh, Bo, you've got limited time so it, here with us. So um, if you want to just uh, put over the, the cool stuff that's happening with your track this year in particular, uh, sure, go ahead. And, uh, and yeah, I appreciate it. Sure. Well, we've got a great segue there with the animation track. Um, we have Rick Goldschmidt, who is the official Rankin-Bass historian. So all of the original stop-motion Rankin-Bass specials, um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Mad Monster Party. Um, he's going to do a, a whole panel about the, set, the 22nd uh, year anniversary of all of the Rankin-Bass stuff. Then we're doing specific panels about Mad Monster Party uh, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And, you know, which as since I also work at the Center for Puppetry Arts, that's a big deal for us because we love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because uh, that's a the live adaptation that we do every year, and it's awesome. So good. So, so good. good. It is unbelievably good. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we're doing, cross-promoting with animation this year. And then to continue on with the cross-promo thread, then we're also doing, we are so lucky to have back uh, Dave Chapman and Brian Herring, who are the two puppeteers for BB-8 
in Star Wars. So we're excited to cross-promote with the Star Wars track again and really dive into, you know, the amazing... Because so many people think that BB-8 is CG, and he is 90% puppet. And uh, <laughs> we've had both of the gentlemen uh, two years ago, and they're amazing, they're wonderful. They bring, they bring so many behind-the-scenes behind, behind the scenes clips and explain exactly how they do all the amazing things that maybe make BB-8 such a great character. And then they also perform a lot of the other puppet characters in the new Star Wars films. So there'll be one panel specifically about BB-8 and then another panel sort of about all the other cool puppets and creatures that they've performed in the Star Wars films. So we're very excited about that. Um, our other uh, new sort of guests this year, we're sort of doing a mix of bringing back some old favorites and also uh, trying some new stuff out. Uh, speaking about the digital media track, um, one of our guests I'm most excited about this year, I mean, I'm excited about all my guests, but uh, we have Barnaby Dixon. Now, Barnaby Dixon is a guy who's probably within the puppetry community, probably the most popular YouTube creator puppeteer. Um, and I've been very excited about talking to him and learning sort of about his, he, he has a very unique style of puppetry that really combines, he started out as a stop motion animator and then got into live puppetry. And so he has this very unique style of, it's very hard to categorize within the traditional categories of puppetry styles. Um, but he does close up puppets in the camera, generally like with one or two hands. Um, I know that that sounds so vague uh, and you just need to look him up on the internet and see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, but check out his videos. And if you're, you know, if you, if you're interested in cross promoting his, his panels, because he is probably the most, one of the most successful, not like show based, not like glove and boots or, or like a show based, uh, you know, YouTube puppet puppetry group, just as like a solo artist, Barnaby Dixon is the man. Um, so we're so excited to bring him in this year. We're doing a bunch of panels with him. He's sitting on a bunch of panels talking about sort of how he made his way uh, to become a YouTube puppeteer guy and, and how he developed his very unique style. Um, so we're very excited about that. That's a lot of the cross-promotional stuff. Um, then we, last year we had our Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge live event. Uh, and we're, this year we're bringing back our, win, our winner, Kendall Bailey from Australia, who was our winner. And she is going to do a whole panel about how she built her creature, how she won the contest. And then part of her prize was to go to the gym. It was an invitation to go to the Jim Henson creature shop in LA and get a personal tour. So she's going to sort of describe that journey that started at dragon con, um, which is really exciting for, you know, all of, uh, all of us that were part of that journey for her and sort of, she's going to bring pictures and share her memories of, from the beginning of her build all the way through going to the Dimension Creature Shop. Um, we'll do the late night puppet slam again as our big kickoff or, or, or sort of cherry on top. Uh, all of the puppetry guests that provide programming are invited to perform. Um, and anybody who's ever been to the slam knows it's a wild, wild ride. Uh, I believe the plan is to have Barnaby Dixon actually close the slam this year. So we're, nice. that's pretty rad. Um, 
Another thing I left out with cross promotions is that it is the 20th anniversary of Farscape. Uh, and we are working on a, uh, uh, anniversary panel. Um, and I, I, due to my work at the center for poetry arts and, and everything, I deal very closely with the Henson company whenever we book Henson guests. Uh, and so we are excited to present some Farscape anniversary panels this year, uh, in conjunction with military sci-fi. And then of course, the elephant in the room is that Dark Crystal, The Age of Resistance from Netflix drops the Friday of Dragon Con. Wow. <laughs> Which I didn't know until like a month and a half ago. <laughs> and we're very excited to put together some very exciting panels about the new show on Netflix. Very quickly for for you. Um, So I have some undisclosed guests that uh, hopefully we'll get to announce soon. But I've been working very closely with uh, DragonCon and the Henson Company to line up those guests. And we will have have puppetry, puppeteer guests and special effects artist guests uh, from the new Netflix Dark Crystal series for this year. Whew. That, uh, wow. That's amazing. Uh, that's a, that's a lot. And that's not even like half of your stuff. That is totally not even half the stuff, (laughs) but but I think that's a good, a good, you know, a lot of the other stuff is stuff that we do every year, the magic puppet tea party. So we've got an exciting, we're bringing back one of our, 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 basically the thing that was the most popular last year. Everybody loved this idea. Uh, we're bringing it back and we're making it bigger. Um, so we'll have, uh, Dragon Con attendees can, can basically show up and say, Hey, I want to do this. You'll be put on a team of three people. One of you will control the head and the dominant arm. One will control the body and the, so, mm-hmm. like the non-dominant hand. And one person will control the feet. And then you have to guide that puppet through it, like a Ninja Warrior obstacle course made out of cardboard. We have three celebrity puppeteer judges. They will score you. We have round one on Friday, round two on Saturday, and uh, this year we're adding a finals round on Sunday. So the team that wins on Friday and the team that wins the obstacle course uh, on on Saturday will face off in the ultimate finals on Saturday to decide which team is the ultimate Puppet Ninja Warriors. Wow, that sounds crazy. This, this thing was standing room only in our track room last year. You know, we, we have, we have, you know, our, our track is very popular. We have tons of people in our rooms all the time, but this was the thing that the fans really said, we love this, this idea of competition and the fact that we can get involved. We, we heard, we got the feedback, we listened and we're making it bigger and better this year. So for anyone who wants to get involved and like put their hands on a puppet, come and do that because it's going to be rad. Awesome. Well, um, before you dart out of here, where can people keep track of what's going on with the puppetry track uh, between now and DragonCon? Basically, the best place to check it out is the um, the Facebook page for the puppetry track. Um, it's a group. You can just sign up, and we'll make announcements and things like that. About and we'll build events for a lot of the big programming, uh, and then. Uh, we don't really have a Twitter presence at all because puppets are visual. Words fail. <laughs> they should have sent a poet. Um, 
And then, yeah, that's really, the Facebook group is really the best place to be. We do have the DragonCon Puppetry Track website, and we will post the full programming list there if you want to go look at it in one place. But it's the same stuff that's on the app, so just check it out on the app. Um, So, yeah, Farscape, Dark Crystal, Ultimate Puppet Ninja Warrior, Puppet Shows for Kids, Puppet Shows for Adults, Rankin Bass. That's what we're doing this year. It's awesome. Awesome. Well. We will definitely have a uh, link to uh, the Facebook group on our show notes. And, uh, man, we'll see you at the con. All right. Good journey. Thanks, man. Okay, so we're, we lost uh, Bo, but we're gaining another track, to, track director. We have Derek from the Skeptics track here with us. Derek, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and your involvement in the track and what the track's about. Oh, well, I'm Derek Calendino, obviously say the director for the skeptic track um how this all became about because i originally was the director for the podcasting track which they renamed it recently um and because i was the podcasting director and my podcast was skepticality which i still do um all my known people i knew were all big name skeptic people um after two or three about three years of doing the podcasting track uh the time pat who was in charge of the con came to me and said could you fill old track and that's how my track came to be and i've been doing it for too long and my the last <laughs> guest that was just on mentioned that far farscape is having 20th anniversary i'm now very old because oh man i didn't realize it's been 20 years that's just sad um yeah anyway, i get that so uh so yeah we've been in our same pretty much location since the beginning of my track we just have now taken over the entire hallway. Uh, we started out with like for a couple of years, we had one small room on the second floor of the Hilton. And then we opened the wall to two, three, four, five. We have the entire hallway now. Um, and we still do standing room only for many of our events. So I don't want to move though. Cause I like being right near the sky bridge. Cause everybody knows where we are. We um, <laughs> are, but yeah, so we yeah. basically talk about, uh, we are kind of like a supplement of the science track in a way. Um, the best way to describe what we do is we're kind of like the science cheerleaders. Um, and also skeptics have their, uh, roots in consumer protection. That's kind of where we got our start as a, a movement in the, in the world. Um, we, the original skeptics were people like Harry Houdini. Um, the, those who just did not. Uh, five any validity and supernatural claims um in fact the the prize that harry houdini houdini started back when he was doing his thing that said if anybody can prove anything supernatural i'll give you like at the time it was like ten thousand or a thousand dollars way back then it's now like a million dollars um oh it's still on go through oh yeah yeah in fact <laughs> funny part is uh this saturday here in Atlanta, um, we are testing somebody for one of the international groups um, to see if they can pass the first test, which has never happened in the almost 100 years that this has been going on. Um, I hope it happens because I just want to be there when somebody actually can prove they can do something crazy. Um, but this person's probably not going to because thousands of people have tried and nobody's actually done it. Um, but we are testing somebody um, this coming Saturday in the morning. Um, but uh, and that's, you know, 
whatever. Uh, yeah, so our track talks about things like that. Um, a lot of science awareness, things that people get wrong. Um, a lot of like, uh, you know, UFO or Bigfoot or uh, cryptids, like things that people think might be real that probably aren't. Or consumer awareness. We do a lot with um, medicine. A lot of that. Uh, a lot of the skeptics are the ones who put pressure on the uh, scientific community to re- really research into the vaccines causing autism thing, which actually ended up with the doctor who started that going to prison because they found out the reason why that he made that study and pushed it through, which wasn't even a real one. He went to prison because he did it because he had a competing drug that he was trying to promote. Uh, and now people still believe that it's possible they cause autism is caused by vaccines, but it was actually completely a thing made up by a guy trying to advertise this other thing and try to like discredit the, the name normal vaccines that people use. It's so that's what skeptics do. Um, we often we're called we're we're often the wet blankets. <laughs> Ever seen the 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 best the best example of a skeptic show would be the Adam ruins everything show on Cruise True TV. Oh right, that's right. That's, yes, that's, of that's, that's purely a skeptic show. In fact, he was going to be one of our big guests this year, um, but then he just wrote about three days ago that uh, his. Uh, filming schedule got changed so that he can't make it. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. I know, because um, he was going to be one of our big guests. But Well, I definitely want to get into specific programming from all of you, just like kind of Bo did a little bit. Um, but before we do that, since I've got all of you here, I just wanted to see, uh, maybe from the group discussion, um, if there's anything in particular about this year's Dragon Con that's changed or that's new that uh, you're particularly excited about that maybe it affects your track or maybe just personally um we'll start with uh with uh, with you renee so we have a new panel well it's not really a panel it's a party that animation track is doing um everyone kind of has a really cool start to the convention and i uh, told our director jessica wilson that i wanted a party and so we're doing uh, the Toonage Sock Hop, which is going to be a mix of uh, basically come in your best 50s poodle skirt, rockabilly gear, um, and dress up as any cartoon character from any era. Um, so it hasn't really been a change from this particular year, but it was really cool. Someone um, mentioned earlier about um, really liking the position of their room. The first year I started, we were in the Hilton. The animation track had moved to the bottom floor of the Hilton, and it was the first year that they had any sort of rooms down there. Um, and I think it's really cool to be, one, that close to all the photo shoots at the other side of the Hilton, just for aesthetic reasons, but also just a really nice new space that uh, is really cool to explore, um, has the nice soft walls for us to move in case things emergencies happen um our first year the ac went out in the room so we were able to like take down a wall and add it uh make it more standing room than enclosed um so yeah (laughs) it was a really fun first year for (laughs) a lot of reasons um but ultimately i just think that um 
every year I see the hotels getting more and more involved. And last year the Hilton had this really cool Jurassic Park jungle theme going on. Uh, they always have a really cool social media presence with a giant screen that shows like everybody's feed updates and people who tag Dragon Con. So I'm interested to see what Hilton does again this year. Um, they're become, they've become my favorite hotel of the entire convention. Um, even though I don't even stay at that one, I stay at the Sheridan. So that's my second favorite, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'm excited Absolutely. to see what the hotels are bringing, uh, every year. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't even, I had no idea they were doing mm-hmm. that. That is cool. Um, Carol, what about you? Anything in particular about this year, uh, Dragon Con wise that, uh, you're excited about that is a change maybe? Um, well, I've been doing it. I feel weird because I mean, I feel like the, uh, the dinosaur, I've been doing this for so long. Um, you know, this, again, this is my 18th year on staff and 15th year as director, which is just insane to me. I'm like, I, you know, I can't believe I've been doing it this long. Um, we started out, you know, when I was working it a long time ago, we had a, um, 80 person room in the bottom of the Hyatt (laughs) and we moved to another room that had a giant pillar in the middle of it that we wrapped with, um, with wrapping paper to make it look like the TARDIS in the middle of the room. (laughs) I remember that. I remember that. (laughs) That was a good year. And then we eventually were at the Sheridan and now we're, um, over at the Hilton and, um, you know, this is our, will be our third year over at the Hilton. Um, we spent a really long time at the Sheridan and I mean, we're doing some of our staples. We're, we're having our doctor who ball again on Sunday. Um, last year was insane. There were about 7,000 people that came through the room. Um, so the line is crazy. So people definitely need to line up. We have the same DJ as last year. He was super popular and, and really, really good. And we went, for much longer than we should have, but it was, we were competing um, even with the rave across the hall. They kept coming over to our party on Sunday night. So that was actually really fun and exciting. And that's in the Hilton on Sunday. Um, As far as new stuff that we're doing, we're bringing back something that I swore for years we wouldn't do again because it was a whole thing. And now it's no longer a thing and um, I'm excited, but we are bringing back back, um, whose line is it anyway? um as a panel uh, for this year just for one panel we 18 years ago we used to do a whole competition where we had like 10 hours of programming over the course of the entire weekend where it was like a bracketed like competition and it was really great but it's been a really long time since we've done it because we've had things like you know dr who come back (laughs) yeah and and other things like sherlock and all the other cool stuff coming out um but uh, some of the big stuff for this year that's brand new, I'm, I'm, we're changing up our programming a lot. We're going to have um, more like game show and um, interactive uh, panels. Like we've done our Vogon Poetry Slam, which is from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So it's really funny and a lot of fun. If you don't know what a Vogon is, look it up. It's, it's, it's magical. It's, um, it's, it's bad poetry. It's really bad poetry. Instead of clapping, we groan. <laughs> like the worst. <laughs> and people write it on the fly. So what we do is people come in and we give them like terrible titles, like an ode to my shoe and <laughs> the cat is in the toilet again and things like that. And they have to write a poem on the fly. And then as judges, we rank them on how painful it is and give a trophy to the winner. So it's a lot of fun. Um, 
we are, we do have, uh, you know, David Tennant, the 10th doctor, Freema Adjaman and Catherine Tate from Doctor Who will be there um, as guests, which is like super exciting. And in honor of David Tennant, you know, I don't know if he'll show up, but it would be cool if he did, but we are going to do a, <laughs> the ultimate fan fiction reading where we're taking a bunch of fan fictions and putting them together and doing a reading for the 10th doctor. Late wow, that, that, that's going to be a late night thing, right? That's a late night panel. <laughs> yeah. Fan fiction it has to be. Late yeah, night. it's going to be great. So that one I'm really looking forward to because so far I can't even get through the first act without crying. I'm laughing so hard. Um, and so that's gonna be a lot of fun. And then um, we have a but we have a ton of anniversaries this year. Like um, Monty Python's Flying Circus is is in its fiftieth anniversary this year. So we're doing our Monty Python Experience panel, but we're also doing a screening of some Flying Circus episodes Sunday morning, early in the morning, like seven a.m. until like ten a.m. We're gonna have like a screen room going on for that, um, and. Uh, the Unholy Trinity. I don't know if you know what that is, but Zeppelin Sabbath and, Pur- and um, Purple are, they're called the Unholy Trinity in music and their anniversary is this year. Um, but specifically Zeppelin's anniversary, anniversary. So we're celebrating them by having a panel with them. And then James Bond's film line has a ton of anniversaries. There's um, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's their 50th. Moonraker, it's their 50th anniversary of Moonraker. License to Kill is the 30th, and The World is Not Enough is the 20th anniversary. So it's a lot of big anniversaries for the film franchise. And this year we are doing a, um, it's not a party, it's a cocktail hour. Um, it's called Cocktails and Bond, uh, Shaken Not Stirred. We'll have a bar. And we're doing a murder mystery James Bond themed cocktail hour. Very nice. Very and so nice. That, that's Saturday uh, night. And then, of course, there's a ton of other new programming that we're doing that's a little different. But those are like the big guns. Um, we, we're also going to do like um, a drunk history. <laughs> we're going to do drunk British history late night. One of our late night panels. Isn't that like just everybody at Dragon Con though? Very much. <laughs> <laughs> so have, you, have you ever seen the show Drug History? Yeah. Um, you know, comedians get up and they, they talk about you know, different, they tell retell stories and it's really funny. Um, so we're going to do like various different major historical events in, in England, um, like the Tudor era and like Anne Boleyn and, we're going to have actual British people up there talking about it from their perspective, but drunk. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it sounds awesome. Um, but before we move on, I just wanted to, cause you've mentioned it and a couple of other uh, tractors mentioned too the placement of your rooms and everything like that. And yeah. I know, uh, you know, that uh, a couple of you have had uh, recently room changes in, and is that a does that make that year a particular challenge uh, to accommodate for that? Oh yeah, I mean, for me anyway, definitely. When we you know, a lot of the- people like going, where are you? Yeah, I mean a lot, of t- a lot of text messages <laughs> and a lot of Facebook <laughs> posts of you were in the Sheridan and now you're over here, and um, that's why we're like, please don't move us again because it's funny because animation is on the same floor, and then um, we share a wall with digital media. 
we're right next door to them and we have the battle of the sound, (laughs) 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 which is hysterical. Um, is it like uh, is it like you know the kids with the the, the boom boxes back in the day where you each are cranking it up to eleven? Oh yeah, it's totally a say anything moment, <laughs> and it's it's hysterical. It's just I don't even think we we're so polite. We don't even go next door and like, hey, can you turn it down? Just because we know that like the next panel we're going to be just as loud, and it's just funny. Um, you know, we laugh about it all the time. But I mean, yeah, the room location's a bit of a bit of a challenge for us. Um, but we're everywhere all over the con because we have panels in almost every hotel because we do a lot of cross paneling. I'd say at least a quarter of our programming is in another track room or it's in a ballroom or something like that. So people have to pay really close attention to the maps. There are maps, believe it or not. There are maps in the app. (laughs) There are maps in the app. (laughs) Everything's in the app. Yeah. Uh, Charles, what about you? Uh, did you find the same thing with the, the, the movement of the room recently? Uh, not really. That was the year that I, I was shadow directing, so it was all kind of just on the new <laughs> all right, so. thing. Um, uh, we were in just a, a small room to start with. It was right there next to Skepticality. And Derek, apparently I got my history wrong. I thought Skepticality came first, and then podcasting track but you just said that you did the podcasting track and then spun off skip or not skeptic skeptic track rather sorry no no no. i was saying that the reason why i became a director is because of skepticality at the time okay i got you so it was skeptic track first yeah because skepticality we were we were number one on itunes overall for like um, almost a year oh yeah i remember when um, ajc wrote you uh, yeah yeah and i got it we got in a bunch of other things like business week and all sorts of stuff and uh and then uh, Michael Stackpole, who's a been a been a guest at DragonCon forever, um, he's a friend of mine, and he's a big skeptic. He actually in charge of the uh, Phoenix Skeptics. Um, he was really good friends with Pat Henry, and he said, "We need a podcasting track." And I know this guy who has the number one podcast, so let's nice. start one. And that's how. Okay. That's how I became a director. That's yeah. basically how I heard that it went so good. I'm glad I had it right. I just misheard you earlier. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. With that way back at the beginning when we got our track, it was the first time the Dragon Hunt used the Hilton again since like the third or fourth year they ever were in existence. <laughs> yeah, because it's Cause the be, only thing that it's got to be interesting to like, yeah, I mean, it's a big change. Like, you know, if you're in it, like, since a lot of you are talking about changing one from one hotel to another. Yeah. And that's that's a drastic change. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you probably welcome uh, it because in most t- most cases it allows you to bigger space, right? Oh yeah, we went from uh, like a hundred and twenty person room to two hundred and forty person room, which changed all of our programming. Because at the time, like the last year we were in the Sheridan, I'd say half of our programming was in a large ballroom, with only because we couldn't accommodate people in our track room was just too small. And because the fire marshal is very, very, very important and handsome man, <laughs> we, <Hell yeah. laughs> we don't want to make him angry. Is he, is he someone that you all know pretty well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of my events that get really popular, it's insane. And, and we're in that. And now it's even worse because, like, we used to have the escalator the right that came right to my room. Right, yeah. And did the remodel. And 
now the escalator's gone, which I think is actually a fire code problem because there's only two ways down now, and they're both bad. They got rid of the escalator. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah the one up on uh, the second floor is helping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dang, that's that's vicious. That's gonna be awful. Yeah, and but and the worst part is the hole is still there. Why they get rid of it? God, that's hilarious. It kills me. It's like, okay, we had this glitter right near my the door to my track room. It was great. And yeah. then we got rid of it, but yet the hole is still there. Oh, the, my God. The, the, the space is still there. Where are our lines going to go? <laughs> our, like, our lines are going to go in front of people's doors. Mine, mine end up doing that now. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, man. We're going to have that territory wars. It's going to be Uh-oh. like... Mad Max right now, like for well, Luckily, luckily, my track room is right next to the uh, doors to the um, sky bridge, so people just crowd and like wrap around that direction. That's fair. Of course, that's another problem with sky crowding, bridge. but you know, yeah. Oh man, that's vicious. That's it's nice though because almost everybody in the convention goes past that sky bridge, so I always have. A big sign there says, "Hey, by the way, stuff is going on over here." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, catch them, catch them while you can, right? Oh yeah, that, that drive-by traffic. And I have that. Again, I have that big double door that faces right when people come off the sky bridge. I'm right there, so we get a lot of people who've never. They come and they sit down for whatever is happening, just because you know they want to sit down, and they're like, "Okay," and then they come back every year. So, works for me. <laughs> All right, so unfortunately, we were running really in a short of time. So I'm going to give you, each one of you, five minutes uh, to, uh, you know, to push over your track for this year. And then tell us, make sure you end it with telling us where the people can find you. Um, and uh, we'll start. We will start with you, Renee. Hey, so um, a couple of the things that we have always happening every year that people really love our stories uncle george uh george Lowe, who comes in and is just a really funny guy so we're happy to have him back um some other really popular uh voices and people in the cartoon world um let's see uh like we have the ruby voices who are coming back ruby is always really popular in our track um and it's like super exciting um i'm mostly excited for the voltron voice actors again kimberly brooks josh keaton um and aj locario is his Locasio is his last name. Um, and we have him on some panels with other guests who return, like Mark Mir and Lucky Yates, who are just really great voice actors and different uh, programming tracks. Um, I'm also excited that we are doing, again, two sing-alongs. Uh, so I apologize in advance for uh, maybe those are the panels that get a little loud. Uh, but we have a Steven Universe sing-along, which has been super successful every year. Um, and it also helps raise money for the charity. I think in the past couple of years, we've raised like Oh, like over $2,000 just in a couple of years from those like sing-alongs alone and some of our other charity um, driven panels. So that's really fun. And we have a, like, a retro Disney sing-along. So like the old school stuff from Toon Disney, really fun. Um, we still have the anime and animation cosplay contest, which uh, lines up at, we do prejudging at uh, 1130 early on Saturday. And then the actual uh, winners are announced and the uh, walking of all the cosplayers is at four later that Saturday. Some industry panels like a lip sync tutorial, um, just industry, uh, animation industry tips and tricks in general. And I'm really excited to be co-hosting a social media and branding panel to kind of just generally help 
but uh, with a focus on animators and creators. Um, and I'm super excited also that we have a Love, Death, and Robots discussion on uh, our in our track this year. I'm so happy that it's animation. Um, it also could probably tie into horror in some cases too. But um, a discussion panel, because it was such a big deal when it came out. Um, of course, that is after 10 o'clock. <laughs> it starts at 10 because it's very mature rated. But um, I think that's going to be a really great uh, internal discussion because people really had their favorites and really kind of broke down some of these really beautiful animation with great themes that adults can really, uh, you don't really see that. Didn't You hadn't really seen that outside of uh, Japanese anime. So way to go, other parts of the world. Um, and then, of course, we have some nostalgia aspects, like, again, older Disney, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle panel. Um, let's see, anything else that's, like, really, really old school. Those are kind of, like, the big ones. Um, but that's kind of what we're most excited about. Again, we're, like, the, the sock hop was a big thing I really pushed for. I'm excited for a poodle skirt. I'll probably do something like Joe's and Pussycats themed. So we hope people will come out to that and just have another excuse to make a cute 50s rockabilly pinup style outfit um i love it yeah love it'll it. be friday and um yeah we will have all of our um currently working on making sure all of our events are up on facebook with their own individual event we have a dragon con animation track facebook page and we will be updating uh information there so and uh tagging certain of our moderators and our panelists so that they can help spread the word as well. And of course, I'll be spreading the word on my own personal account, which is uh, at PeachyCon Princess, basically anywhere, um, because I love conventions and DragonCon is one of my faves, <laughs> of course, for reasons. So yeah, that's what you can find. <laughs> yeah, if you have any questions about any of that stuff, you can reach out to me specifically. I'm always on. And um, But again, we're going to be making sure that those are up on Facebook. And then um, I'm sure I'll be sharing some of them on Instagram as well. A lot of creators are definitely on Instagram. So we want to make sure we cover that and uh, make sure our events are visible there too. Awesome. Awesome. Mm. All right. Uh, Caro, five minutes. Oh God. Uh, okay. Try to squeeze it all in. Um, we have a lot of programming going on and some pretty, as I mentioned before, a lot of anniversaries going on specifically. Um, we're focusing on Monty Python and James Bond. So with like Monty Python, we have, three different things going on the Monty Python experience, which is really fun and like has sing-alongs and stuff in it. Um, and people acting out skits. We also have the ministry of silly walks, uh, competition redacted, which is an opportunity. It's really kid friendly for people to bring their, bring on their funniest silly walk and they win a prize. There's, um, the Vogon poetry slam, which I mentioned before, which is a lot of fun. Um, bad poetry written on the spot. We do have two sing-alongs this year. Also, we're doing the um, Master Mercury and Sir Elton present the Royal Sing-Along, which is um, Queen and Elton John sing-along in honor of the films that have come out and their legacies. Um, we're really excited about that. And there'll be some fun um, costumed people um, doing some silly things. So that'll be a really good one not to miss. Um, we also have the greatest Great British Sing Along, where we'll, we'll uh, do classic shows and uh, songs from all sorts of genres, including like the Bond series, and um, have a, a master big like blowout on Monday at 1 p.m. before the con is over. So that's going to kind of finish that uh, the con out. But 
We also have Brit Track Trivia, which the trivia contest, the prizes are like super awesome. They're like their whole gift bag of stuff. Um, and that's all donated. And then we also have the James Bond cocktails, um, hour, which is a murder mystery, James Bond theme, dress in like tuxedos and all sorts of fun stuff and, um, have drinks. Um, that's Saturday night at 10 PM. And then also on Sunday, the Dr. Who ball that we, uh, is very popular lineup early because it, it's a really long line. We had again, like 7,000 plus people come through the room in previous years, um, we are covering lots of Doctor Who panels. We've got new classic series, special topic panels like LGBTQ themes in Doctor Who and also a panel called Mind the Gaps, Classic Doctor Who, Tenet and um, Capaldi because it's the anniversary of some of the gaps in Doctor Who um, that left us wanting more as well as um, the new audios that are coming out. We have an audios panel dedicated to Doctor Who and all the awesome new stuff coming out of British media like um, Discovery of Witches and Black Mirror's new season and um, Luther and also Killing Eve. And um, we also have our, our fun returning panel, which is Curse Like a Brit, which is late light programming. So if you want to learn how to curse like a British person properly, <laughs> <laughs> that's on uh, Friday at 10 p.m. But there's a lot more coming down the pipeline. Um, you know, Elementary, the TV show um, just ended this past year. So we're going to be doing an Elementary versus Sherlock panel, blow down, see which is better. <laughs> um, and some other fun stuff coming out. We do have a Facebook group. We are on Instagram and Twitter. Um, our Facebook group has a strong um, about 3,500 people on it. And there's at least 10 to 20 posts per day, as well as our announcements um, for programming, things like that are on our Facebook group first because we've had it the longest. And then also on our um, British.DragonCon.org um, website as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we look forward to it. And of course, there will be an Earth Station Who oh, panel yeah. as well. So I look forward to participating. Yes, it's going to be great. It's on Saturday. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Charles, okay, now you've got five minutes. All right, well, we've got 60-some-odd uh, panels, not counting the cross-promotion stuff that we're doing. And honestly, it's, it's everything digital media. You'll find yourself there. If you want to know about black journalism, we've got a panel on that. You want to know about uh, why fandom hates everything and what's so wrong with loving things, we've got a panel on talking about what you love. Uh, We've got live shows like Panelology and Botch, the D&D podcast. Uh, sex Geeks Live is coming back. They do a live show. They talk stuff like sex and geeks. You know, you can check that out. It's awesome. Uh, but LG, LGBTQIA+, plus, I had to read that off the screen. We've got that. I mean, basically, everything in digital media, you will find yourself here. You want to know how to do it? We are doing that. I know Mike Faber is going to be helping us with some things there. I've got some big plans. We want to just motivate, inspire, educate, and entertain everybody who wants to know a little something about podcasting or digital media. And we have a Facebook page that I do some things on. Uh, that is the DragonCon Digital Media Track on Facebook. Uh, DragonCon Digi is the um, the tag on Facebook. But the pinned post is more important there. The pinned post is our Discord server. You want an active conversation about what's going on on the track all year round? 
that's where you need to be. That's where we, we put all our panelists together and you know first when submissions are open and you can give honest feedback. Now, it's not official feedback, but some honest feedback and uh, get to talk to the people that you just saw on the panel and it's an awesome community. So come and play with us. I know that uh, previously um, there was a lot of your programming that was being like broadcast through various social media, whether it's mm-hmm. YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Are you planning to do that as well? Yeah, we'll be uh, live streaming on Twitch this year and then saving all those videos and putting them on our Facebook page. And last year's videos were on Facebook as well. We're trying to uh, get the donations to get uh, uh some better video equipment to do actual high def recordings so that we don't have to depend on the internet to stream it. But we are live streaming a lot and, and we'll put that Twitch link out here uh, probably in the first part of August. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we look forward to it. All right, Derek, you're going to, sorry, not Derek. We are. Yeah. Derek, you're going to close us out. Oh, geez. So, oh, boy. You got five minutes and I can't wait to hear what the skeptic sing along uh, event's going to be. I should do that. I don't know what people are saying. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I thought all tracks had a sing-along. Well, I, I just thought about that. It's like, it'd be great to do something like that just to see who would come. Politically <laughs> accurate song. It's like, what are they going to sing? <laughs> right. Well, well, usually you, well, there are like skeptical singers. I mean, we usually have one or two on our track. Um, like she's been coming for the past few years. Um, Jane Crow, her band, they're all skeptics and they've often played in my track room. I often have some of the artists that are singers who are skeptics, but not have, but might not have skeptical songs. I have them fill in, in between events sometimes. It's like sitting like three or four songs while people are leaving and coming into the room. So that's as close as a sing-along I get. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. But All right. In a way, so go ahead. Uh, guess, let us know the rest of the stuff. Uh, well, we have a couple new people this year. Uh, we have uh, Matt Dillahundy. Uh He has been requested by people for the past five or six years. This year, he had time, so he's going to come. Uh, Matt Dillahunty, he's been doing a, uh, a TV show. It's been on different channels now and then. Um, he also is a big name mentalist. So he's going to do a show with our often guest, Kurt Anderson. Um, and they're going to do a, a live magic show. I actually have a couple magic shows, which I have again this year. The one with Kurt Anderson and Matt Dillahunty. And then I have another one with uh, Jamie and Swiss this year again. Um, and we always have all of our comedy on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. Uh, our big ones, always the Sunday one, when uh, the comedy troupe, the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, it's all the people who are uh, professors and some of the graduate school PhDs uh, candidates from Georgia Tech that they do comedy in my Ooh. drag room. On, on on the middle of the night, is, of course, because it has to be, because, oh my. Um, and then on the other nights, I have uh, Leanne Lord, who she's going to do her a set, and so with uh, Ian Harris. And Ian Harris 
has a couple specials on Netflix, so you can t- check him out. And he's all skeptical. His uh, his uh, Netflix show is called Extraordinary. Um, and uh, he and um, Leanne Lord have been guests of my track for the almost past like seven or eight years. This year, DragonCon tapped them to do a joint show in a main ballroom one night. So uh, I, I guess I, I, I was a farm team for those two. So they're getting their own giant ballroom event. Um, so I might have to just shut down my room during that so we can go watch them. Um, uh, I had a person who was tapped to come to the convention this year. His name is Chris Matherson. If you don't know the name, doesn't surprise me, but he's a writer and co-director for the Padded Bill and Ted movies. Um, friend of mine, big name skeptic. Um, he all, he actually created a bunch of short videos for me to play in between events. They're really cool. Um, and it's, it's called God's Art Gallery. And it's going to be little clips about, you know, classic artworks. And it's, they're really funny. Um, a lot of people didn't realize that the whole Bill and Ted uh, movies were all written to be a skeptical look at the world to begin with. <laughs> um, and if you know that and go back and watch them, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> um, and then we have, have a, a, a new person who was a this girl when she was eight wrote a book after she saw the, the new reboot of Cosmos, the, the science TV show. And she wrote a book at eight years old and a past few years of course um she got editors work on it and she worked with them and she actually now has a uh, science book published um she's 13 now um but she's gonna come she's gonna give a couple talks about the how she came up with the idea and how she wrote the book and how somebody as young as her was able to get a published book um on science because that's pretty impressive to begin with that's very cool. <laughs> Very cool. I don't have that. Yeah, I don't have that. No, yeah. I need to do it. I don't have that. <laughs> so she's she's one up on me. <laughs> so yeah. Um and then we have some of our you know, normal things. We have a couple magic shows. We got comedy at night. Um obviously it has to be on night because you know it's comedy. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And uh so where can people find out more information about people, uh your programming? Uh we have a Facebook group. We have our website, skeptics.dragoncon.org. Um, and then I also have a, another website, which kind of kind of goes back and forth as far as data with uh, the official DragonCon one. But there's also uh, skeptrock.org as well. Um, so that's where you can find all that stuff. And if you ever want to see any of our events, uh, almost all of them this so far this year, even my Bing, Bing Room stuff, it's all in the Hilton this year on the second floor. I'm very happy, but oh no, I have a couple of events at the Crystal Ballroom. This one floor down, but everything's in the Hilton this year, which is nice. Um, so that's nice. Uh, you can easily find us. We're room 204 through the end of the hall, 2089 uh, on uh, in the Hilton. So. Well, very cool. Well, I appreciate it. Like I said at the, at the start, I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, come on and chat about your various works, that, uh, projects that are going to be, um, you know, it's only 50 days away. So um, I know, oh, that, wait a minute. I know did, things are crazy. Did you, would you say that right? Are you serious? 49. Are you just, 
Forty nine now. Yeah, right. Um, so you gotta be kidding me. So no, it's uh, so yeah. So it sounds like you guys still have a lot of work to do. So yes. um, I, I'm gonna, gonna let you guys go. I appreciate it, uh, Derek, uh, Charles, Caro, and of course Renee and Bo. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you at the con. Hey everyone! Now it's time for the newbie segment, and with us this time is. The director, Kevin, and Michael Faulkner. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you. It's good to be here. So it, we were very successful last month with how we you know, formatted this and asking, getting the questions from you. And, of course, please, folks, if you ever want to you know, send, send us questions or notices, always write us for, you know, at the podcast and we'd love to hear from you guys because we already got some email and we'll read that at the end of the segment. But we also have other questions that you guys gathered for us up on our, the newbies page on Facebook. Do you guys want to promote that real quick? Sure. If you just search for dragon con newbies, you should find our group and the 4,200 members just waiting to answer all your questions. Excellent. And you, you guys always come up with good answers and it was a lot of fun to talk about what we did last month. And so let's go with this round of questions. And the first question actually we got is about photo ops and autographs. And Kevin, uh, do you want to take this one? Are photo ops purchased online beforehand or at the con? I've seen posts saying that autographs are all at the table in art in the, the walk of fame, but I know photo ops are also put, purchased ahead of time. Yeah. And it, uh, I know some folks, if you've been to other cons, they each kind of sometimes have different approaches on this, but the dragon con way, as you just described, Mike, um, autographs, you don't buy in advance. You literally just get in line. You will have outside of the walk of fame, as it's called, where the most, all of the guests normally are, except maybe sometimes for one or two very high profile, uh, guess they're all there at tables. There'll be a giant listing of the cost for their autograph. Um, it's normally also listed right at their table, but you literally just stand in line and pay for it there. Sometimes uh, cash is best. Some of them sometimes take credit, but as with all things at DragonCon, we always recommend that folks have cash uh, just to be on the safe side. So there's not a reservation system for the Walk of Fame or anything like that? No, no, that's definitely a, you know, uh, it's an area certainly for me as someone who's you know done it for many years uh, that takes a little bit of, uh, uh, I wouldn't say planning, but uh, sometimes it's hit or miss as terms of one the lines for certain people might be shorter. So I might you know head over early in the con if I find the person I want has got a long line. I might wait and come back later, check out a couple different times during the day. So it depends on how you like to do things. Some folks just see the line and say, screw it, I'm standing there until my turn comes. And that's fine too, whatever works for you. Is there a schedule set up for the Walk of Fame when the people are going to be at their table, or is it just hit or miss? Uh, there are some general hours for the entire Walk of Fame, but not every guest is there for the entire time. If they're going to be speaking on a panel or have another commitment, sometimes they'll break for uh, meals and so forth. They're, they, you know, Normally, they'll be there for the majority of the time, and sometimes folks will put a little schedule right at their own table, and that can't hurt, too. Uh, they might have a handler or an assistant there that might be able to tell you if you go by and notice that no one's there, you might find out when they're due back, which is why I say sometimes the checking it out, coming back might be a good approach to finding a good time to be able to do it. But not all of them are on the exact same schedule. While I think the room is open, something like 10 to 7 most days, 
uh, that doesn't mean the person you want to get an autograph from is definitely there during those hours every day. Oh, sure. And I know sometimes, you know, make sure these people are not in their, like they're doing their big presentations and panels up in, you know, the big halls or even in the smaller ones, like for the different tracks, you know, make sure, you know, look at your Dragon Con schedule to see where they're going to be also. Yep. Yep. That's why I say this one is definitely, a, at least in my experience, kind of roll up your sleeves and be flexible as with many things at con and, and kind of find what might work best. If you want to minimize your time in line, some folks, like I say, they just head down there and they just wait. If they're at a panel, <laughs> they wait. <laughs> uh, and again, if that works for you, that's fine too. But if you want to make the best use of your time, you might find that you just need to be flexible, ask questions, check out what's posted at that particular table. Um, uh, and, and, you know, make the best of it so you get the most out of car. And don't grab the person if you see them walking through, like, in a rush or something to either their panel or back to Artist Alley or to the Walk of Fame. Don't grab them, you know, to say, hey, can I get your autograph now? That's usually a big no-no. Yeah, that's where, uh, you know, the many, many of the guests love to come to this con because – uh, those of us, the attendees, respect their time. If they're outside of the Walk of Fame, as you said, whether it's walking in a hallway or you run into them, Starbucks, whoever it might be, please respect them. Don't be asking for autographs or selfies at that time. That's why they enjoy the con and walking around is because we respect them. If folks didn't, then they'd become scarce, and that would take away a lot of the fun for us. And actually, in kind of completely the opposite way when it comes to photo ops, while the autographs, you might have to stand in line and, and you know can't get those ahead of time. Photo ops are very different in that sense. The, uh, it's highly recommended if you're looking to get a pro- professional photo op done with the celebrity of your choice, the guest of your choice. Um, the con will make the link available uh, well ahead of time, and you can prepay for those uh, because they can only do so many of those. There's only so much time for doing the photo ops. So that's one of the reasons why it's recommended to buy them in advance. I know sometimes you can buy them at the con. But that's definitely one of those, you know, as time is available. I have seen folks be very disappointed by hoping to wait and get it at con and then finding out that it wasn't available or there was only one small time segment that that particular guest could do it and that person had another commitment. So professional photo ops, great way to get a a great looking photo with some of those folks. Um, But again, you're probably going to want to look to pick those up in advance of the con. Uh, The next question that will go with it, okay, great, when is mine going to be? Again, that's one of those things that's normally scheduled very close to con uh, because they do them in time blocks each day. So uh, unfortunately, if that's something that's important to you, you might have to wait and see when it is in terms of what that might impact as far as other things you're going to do, having been there myself. But uh, And sometimes if you end up with a Friday time slot and it's not good, you can talk to the folks at Photo Ops and they might be able to move you to Saturday or Sunday if that guest is there. So there, there might be a little flexibility, but... The photo ops definitely is something that from a time point of view can be a bit of a challenge uh, in terms of fitting it in with what you might enjoy doing, but definitely look to get those ahead of time. No, definitely understand. And do they go to the Dragon Con website for photo ops or? They, they will probably have the link there to the company that's doing them. I know they've used different companies. I'm not sure who might be doing it this year, but it's normally a link to another company that actually specializes in this rather than. Uh, Dragon Con themselves, but it'll be pretty prominent in terms of telling you where to go to do that. Okay, most definitely. All right, we got another question here. Mike, I got this one for okay. you. What do you find all the best ways to pack liquor when flying through Atlanta? <laughs> well, 
uh, I've, I've done this before. I live, I live in the Atlanta area, but I've, I've hauled it down there before. Um, you can put it in your luggage. It's only going to go in your check luggage if you're flying because it is, you know, it's a liquid and it's a alcoholic liquid. So it's not going to be a lot on the plane uh, in the, in the passenger area. Um, so you have to check it, you know, use a lot of bubble wrap and stuff so you don't break any bottles because that would definitely be a bad day if you, you saturated everything with, with alcohol in your, in your bag. Um, but also keep in mind that those bottles are going to get really heavy really fast, and you may end up paying some fees if you try, if you try to check too much. Um, one of the better options really is to, when you get to Atlanta, you know, make a stop by one of the many uh, liquor stores we've got around here. You can take an Uber or a Marta. There's plenty of stores that are around all the hotels. Um, you can get whatever you need there. Um, of course, the uh, hotels are going to be serving a lot of alcohol as well. Uh, all the bars and stuff, and they have uh, little pop-up bars that appear at parties and, and throughout some of the, the common spaces. Um, there are people who make their own. Uh, we call it pie. It's like apple pie in a in a glass, um, and people will uh, will be able to to share that with you. They're not allowed to sell it to you though because it, they don't have a license to do so. Uh, so it's just a matter of finding the right friends and, and, and getting connected with them. Um, your typical caveat supply, cause you're in a public space with a lot of people. So, you know, watch your drink. Uh, if you really only get it from someone you trust, that kind of thing. Uh, and in our, our dragon con newbies group, we actually have a, a pinned post, uh, with a map in it. And uh, I think Kim has gone through and, and added uh, a lot of the liquor stores and stuff that are in the area to that map. So you can pull that up if, once you're there and navigate to the nearest store. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And I do know that some people actually, you know, pat, like Mike was saying, putting the, you know, alcohol in their suitcases, but a lot of times to keep down on the weight, they actually mail some of their clothing or essentials to the hotel and you could have it addressed to yourself and they'll deliver it to you when you're at the hotel yeah. or have it waiting for you. <laughs> so, you know, that's another way just to get it to yeah. you. So, all right. Got another question. Um, this one could be up for either of you guys. What's the best way to pack an oversized fuzzy bear head on an airplane as part of your cosplay? You know, what would be the best way to get that to Atlanta? You, you kind of touched on it a little bit with the uh, the alcohol question as, as well. Uh, if you have a, a hotel room uh, already, you can generally ship uh, pa- you know packages and stuff to that hotel room uh, or to that hotel, and they'll hold them for you. Um, there's also a FedEx store or two that are in the area, especially one down in the Marriott. Um, and I, I know it said Fozzie Bear, but you know Fozzie Bear head. But as you said, it could be any form of cosplay material, you know, like an oversized sword or something like that. You know, it's it's easier generally to send it ahead of you than trying to deal with the airlines and all their their check baggage procedures. A lot of times, people who have bigger cosplay, just in general, either drive or ship it. Yeah, it's a lot easier that way. Yeah, those costs will add up fast if you're trying to fly and accommodate that. So that's definitely what I've heard from those folks who who do. <laughs> no, totally understand that. Okay. Um, very good questions from you guys up on Facebook. All right. Our responding question, Kevin, as part of my cosplay, this person wrote, I'll have a paintball gun, orange tip, very visible and no paintballs of any kind. I planned up showing with the trigger zip tied preemptly to, you know, so that way they don't have any issues with the security and such. Uh, is this allowed or do they have to go to security? 
always, always go to security. Um, what they have to do, I mean, that sounds like, you know, some serious thoughts gone into doing this, and you're certainly very close to what's going to work well at the con. But each year, security wants to make sure they have a consistent approach on that so everyone knows what it is. So they don't want folks, very honestly, freelancing. You might stick with the fluorescent orange. Someone else might be doing a different approach. So what they're going to do is want it to be consistent. So uh, that is definitely something, uh, you know, in advance of con, you can reach out to them. I believe security has their own email address. Uh, if you want to find out, they might be able to give you some of the detail what they're doing this year. I think it's security at dragoncon.org. Um, or certainly when you get to con and at registration, they can direct you to where the nearest security uh, location is, because I believe there are multiple at the con. I think maybe one in each hotel, if I recall. Um, and that way you can get it taken care of in terms of whatever color and approach they might use. Because keep in mind that with thousands of people there, the security folks, if they see someone with something that looks like it, air quotes, could be a weapon, they're going to be looking for whatever this year's approach is on that, be it color or how it's bonded. So you definitely want to check in with them right away before you inadvertently you know, have a security person see that you haven't had it tagged appropriately. And don't go off of what they security bonded it with last year. They change it up purposely. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and that's, I know, a little annoying for some of the folks who are regular con goers who think they understand how it should be. But again, every year it's a different set of security folks, so we've got to keep it fresh, and it's for everybody's safety. So the sooner you just go right to them, get it looked at, you'll be all set to go have fun. Yeah, there were a lot of people this year that were saying that uh, last year was overkill because they were even zip tying like you know foam swords and what you know whatever else that obviously were not weapons. And it's like, well, that's that's the way of, of remaining unpredictable. You know, next, this year they may just do just guns or something like that. So it's you know it's it's all kind of a method they've got to to keep things you know as secure as possible for all eighty thousand plus of us that are hanging out at the con. Well, exactly. Just also remember, last year they were overcautious because of what happened down in Jacksonville two weeks before right. with the shooter at the gaming thing with the John Madden stuff. And that was just ugly completely. Yep. That's why we got to err on the side of caution, folks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We don't want people to know Dragon Con. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't that the one where the person actually brought a real gun in? You know, yeah. or something. We just don't want nope. that. Okay, we actually got an email from one of our listeners. I'll read it out to you guys and feel free to comment after. Okay, guys? All right. He wrote, hey there, I'm Scott Dowell. I'm one of the tech op directors at DragonCon. I love the newbie segment. Here are some additional tips that he has for you. Badges. If you're afraid of having your badge yanked off, either buy a badge holder or put a piece of duct tape over the top edge of the badge, including the hole. Use a knife to cut open the hole you have just sealed and add your lanyard or clip. The tape will help prevent your badge from being ripped off the clip. My tech op volunteers are having to do this for several years now. Badges need to be worn at all times. If you're trying to get onto a panel event and don't have your badge out, you may get pulled to the side so you can find it. If you lost your badge, try to head to the Marriott room L405 slash L406. I don't believe they are moving this year. This is where the main safety office, formerly known as security, as well as the main lost and found. If a badge was turned in, it'll be there. Thanks, Scott Dowell, Dragon Con Tech Ops Director. Thank you, Scott. That was really awesome to get, actually. Yeah, some great info in there. I mean, what, what we do uh, at our newbie events, uh, Kim uh, 
and uh, Sue do a very good demonstration, as does Michael. Uh, I kind of leave it to them, is that uh, we let folks know, again, DragonCon badges are not RFID or barcoded. So if you lose it and it is not turned in, you're buying a new one. Um, mm-hmm. and at full at price. Full price. Um, so, you know, that's why it's even more so important to make sure you keep it secured. And uh, the con doesn't give, or at least hasn't in the past, very strong lanyards or clips. So as he was pointing out, um, spend a couple of bucks on a really good one or take some steps, like he said, to really secure it. And it's not even so much for the folks who might be nefarious and trying to steal it as, as Mike said earlier, 80,000 plus people, small space, everyone's moving fast between the con. It can easily get knocked off. Uh, and, and while some folks certainly will pick it up and, and uh, you know, bring it out to, to a lost and found area, sometimes it just gets lost on the shuffle and I've seen it happen. So you really want to make sure you are extra careful with that. And as he pointed out as well, once con starts, you're going to need that badge just to get into the hotels, let alone any events. So this isn't a convention where the badge is kind of a second thought. It is going to be your lifeblood. Exactly. Well, guys, that is going to wrap up our segment for this month. Thank you. Thank you for so much for joining. Thanks for having us. Yeah, lots of fun. One, One more time. How can people find the newbies? If you go to dragonconnewbies.org, we have a very simple website set up that has links to our Facebook group and lots of other resources for newbies. That is awesome. Thank you, guys, and we will see you next month, which is right before the con. And so now we draw close to the episode of the 2019 DragonCon Con Report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode, including, of course, Michael Faulkner, Kevin Batchelder with their newbie segment, as well as the track directors, Renee from the Animation Track, Carol from the Brit Track, Derek from the Skeptics Track, Charles from the Digital Media Track, and Bo, Bo Brown from the Puppetry Track. I'm skeptical Uh, about that, though. Yeah, well, uh, you know, they're an animated bunch. Um, And uh, look, I mean, if you guys... It was so cool, and I wish we could add more time. In fact, the you know the discussion started way before we was we could hit the record button and went on long after we stopped recording because these these guys are frantically just comparing notes and still getting everything ready for all of you uh, at Dragon Con. The amount of work that they put in at no pay for them whatsoever. Uh, they all are to be applauded, actually. So uh, I really appreciate them all spending time to be on our little show. And uh, it was fun having them on. So uh, look for them to have, uh, we'll have them on at, again at some point. So, um, and of course we have to thank our station crew, which includes, you know, Mike Faber. I love being the only crew one. You know, it's just, <laughs> it just, you know, it gives me a sense of, you know, keeping the station together and, you know, Hey, he's the one who does it all. And, you know, that's kind of true. So, but, you know, and a big thank you to you, Mike, for doing this month after month and month and month and month. And now, you know, is, and now you know my pain with the uh, guest list. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've had to do it again. I've had to do it before and it, it's brutal. So I, I always have uh, sympathy for Mary or Darren or whoever has to tag team with you on the guest list. So. Uh, but I don't mind doing it for just an episode. And like I said, if there is anybody that's still sober after uh, all of that, and then now uh, as we're ending this, they maybe they're they're kind of sobering up. So have some coffee or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, 
we are out of here. We try to cover all we can with these specials, but uh, to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official DragonCon website and all their social media outlets. All of the tracks, including all the folks that you just heard, are active on Facebook, and uh, they all have various social media outlets as well. We're going to have links to all of them in the, the show notes, so seek them out and find out uh, and reach out to them if you want to know more. Uh, we here on the show can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Stitcher, uh, and now also Spotify. We want you to be part of the station, so please feel free to join in on the discussion, especially next month. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you guys and let us know what you're excited about. So send those emails, send those audio comments and, and we would, yeah, we just will play as many as we can. Uh, you're going to hear from a bunch of people, uh, some people on the ESO network, some friends of the station, uh, random strangers. We're going to be playing and, and listening and listening to all. And of course you're going to hear from the regulars too. You're going to hear from some people from past uh, Dragon Con reports that uh, you haven't heard from a while that are coming to Dragon Con this year and what they're going to be up to. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be, of course, our our August like leading up to Dragon Con show. So I can't believe it's the last one before the event because we're almost at that time. Uh, but we also could use your help and and sponsorship. Uh, we want you to check out the Amazon link at the top of the ESOnetwork.com site. So when you do buy all your geeky merchandise, uh, whenever you purchase your stuff, it does help us out a lot. We, uh, of course, have a tea public store filled with all kinds of cool designs, including a Dragon Con Con Report shirt designed by our very own director favor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that you can find at the a link for that at the ESO Networks site as well. That's esonetwork.com. And of course, we have our Patreon page, which still has, by the way, uh, previous Dragon Con programming available only for patrons to listen to. So if you want to get ready for Dragon Con and hear some panels of the past, they are still available. All of that content is still available on our Patreon page. And then you ha- and I, what level can they get those at, Mike? Starting at the $5 level. Yeah, at the $5. Just $5 a month gets you access to all of the panels that we've done in the past uh, and we've recorded and released. So I think we might even have some in the can that we can release prior to uh, Dragon Con as well. So we'll have to dig through the archives to see if we can get some ones that we haven't released yet. I'll blow the dust off of it. Don't worry. (laughs) All right, folks. Thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon. And as always, it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>